The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, although I think a lot of times the Holy Spirit is very misunderstood. There is a thing called the threefold witness. There's three baptisms that we need to experience as a Christian. Have you ever had any questions about all of that and how that works? Well, this week on Connecting the Gap, we're going to talk about three baptisms we need to experience as we start our short series on the Holy Spirit, and that's going to be coming up right after this. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition, another episode of Connecting the Gap. I'm Daniel Moore, your host. Thank you for joining me this week. Hope you guys had a great blessed week. It's actually cooled off a little bit here where I live. We got some rain last weekend and after a very hot and humid week, or a hot and humid couple of weeks, I guess I should say, uh, we've got a little bit of relief from that. So hopefully wherever wherever you guys are at, you're not experiencing some of that bad humidity either, although I know some of you probably are. Um, But anyways, regardless, had a great week and hope you guys did as well. Uh, As I said, this is Connecting the Gap. And if you would like to know more about the ministry of Connecting the Gap, you can go to connectingthegap.net. That's my website. And it's an all-new website. It's only been out for a couple of weeks now. And there you'll find the link to all of my podcasts. And you'll also find the link to my YouTube channel and my blog. I do a weekly blog as well. That comes out on Friday And the podcast always comes out on Thursday. So please go check that out and share. There's lots of different podcast platforms that I'm on. So you can subscribe to that on your favorite podcast platform and let others know that it's out there as well. And together we'll all learn and grow in Christ as we learn together from God's Word. So as I said, this week we're going to be starting a new series. We just came out of our long extended series about the Great Divide. Uh, the, the way that we can move from an average to an extraordinary life in Christ. We finished that up last week. This week, we're starting a series on the Holy Spirit. I don't know exactly how long this is going to be. I have four segments for it. I just don't know how long it's going to take me to get through each one. I'm going to have to divide some of these up into two, since I'll, I try to keep this at about 15 to 20 minutes, although it seems like I always go about 30. But I do do my best to keep it shortened down as much as possible, and we'll try to do that uh, through this series as well. So the very first one they're gonna, that we're going to be talking about here in this series about the Holy Spirit is three baptisms that we need to experience. Some of you that have been in church your whole life, you may know this as the threefold witness is what uh, I've heard this called before and what I like to call it. And so we're going to talk about that today. And basically it's a subject on receiving the Holy Spirit. So as we get started this week, the first point that I want to bring out is the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Now, to baptize, when you get baptized, that means to immerse or to go fully under, to get completely wet. I'm Pentecostal background, and we look at the the biblical meaning of baptize, and in order for you to be fully baptized, we follow in Jesus' footsteps the way that he was baptized by John the Baptist. He was fully submersed underneath water, going down the old man, coming back up the new. That's what I believe, and that's what my church believes uh, full baptism is. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. 
1 Corinthians 12, 13. It says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, and that is the body of Christ. Number two, the disciple baptizes us in water. In Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Notice here that it says disciple, because when we get baptized in water, it does not have to be your pastor. A lot of people, I think, get that confused. They see the pastor baptize people, so they automatically think that, hey, I've got to go to my pastor to be baptized. That's why they're there. They will baptize you, but that does not mean that the pastor has to be the one that does that. It just has to be a disciple. Many pastors, if you might have noticed in your church before, sometimes have let fathers baptize their children. It needs to be another believer to baptize you in water. So that is point number two. Point number three, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now, between point number one and point number three, there is a difference. Point number one was the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. And point number three... Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. So that was point number one. All of our sins are washed away by the blood that he shed on that cross for us. When Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit, that's when we get the Holy Spirit within our very being. That happens a lot of times with the evidence such as speaking in tongues, the evidence of tongues. When that comes along, then that usually is what's uh, referred to as Jesus baptizing us in the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you in or with the Holy Spirit and fire. So basically, this thought process is that Jesus wants to immerse us or completely surround us, completely fill us to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is in every gospel. And that may not surprise you, but in reality, there are only a few different things that are actually in every gospel in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they are called synoptic gospels. John is not a synoptic gospel. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record the birth of Jesus, and then they move completely to the time right after the beheading of John the Baptist. That was the third year of Jesus' ministry. They only cover the third year of Jesus' ministry at that point. In 70 AD, the last living disciple, John, he realized that no one had talked about the first two years of his ministry, so he wrote the book of John at that point. That's why you will have things in John that you will not read in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And you may have never realized that, but if you go read all of your Gospels in the New Testament, you're going to see that there is a difference between John and the other three Gospels, even though they're all put together at the very beginning of the New Testament. Some of the things that you're going to see that are in John but are not elsewhere, in John chapter 2, there's a wedding at Cana. In chapter 3, there's a story of Nicodemus. Chapter 4, the woman at the well. Chapter 8, the woman caught in adultery. Chapter 9, the blind man. Lazarus being raised from the dead. The conversation at the Last Supper. And much more. All of those subjects are only in John. None of those are in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. However, here is what is recorded in all four Gospels for sure. If you go check out all four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to see the death, the burial, and the resurrection, 
and the baptism and the Holy Spirit. All four of those things are recorded in all four Gospels. Mark chapter 1 verse 8 says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Those were the words of John the Baptist. In Luke chapter 3 verse 16, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then in John chapter 1 verse 33, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said unto me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now this is important because the Holy Spirit had never descended and remained on a person before this time. He did descend on people in the Old Testament, but he never remained there. Remember, he descended on King Saul, but then when Saul offered up the sacrifice without Samuel being there, the Spirit left Saul. He also descended upon King David, but then David had the affair with Bathsheba, and in his prayer of repentance in Psalm 51, David said this, Take not thy spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. He repented from that sin, and the Holy Spirit came back into David's being. So now here we see John saying that whom the Spirit descends on and remains is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now when do we see the Spirit descending and remaining on Jesus? Well, the answer to that is when he was water baptized. If you remember when Jesus was water baptized, it says the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended on Jesus. Now remember, a dove did not descend on Jesus. The Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended on Jesus. In movies and coloring books as a child and all these different places, we always see the the symbolic uh, nature of the drawings and that kind of thing where they show the, an, an actual dove coming down and landing upon Jesus' head or being right up above his head. But in all reality, that's just a symbol. That's symbolism. Uh, what it's saying is, is that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove on him, but there was no dove. Jesus was baptized on this earth by the Holy Spirit. So here's a question you can ponder. If Jesus needed to receive the Holy Spirit, if he needed the Holy Spirit to come down on him while he was on this earth and be anointed by it, well, do we need to? Is that something that we need to do as also? I'm going to throw three words at you here. Salvation, water, and spirit. So if you go back to point number one that I gave you earlier, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Salvation goes with point number one. When we get saved, we get baptized by the Holy Spirit into Christ. Water goes with point two. The disciples baptizes us in water. We get water baptized when the disciple baptizes us. Complete submersion in water, as I described earlier, representing the death of the old man and coming up new. At that instance, we leave that old life behind, that life of sin that we were living up to the point that we made that decision to change for Christ and we made that decision to be baptized. We leave that life under the water and we come back out a brand new person in Christ. That's the first day of the rest of your life. That's the way that I like to put that. From that day forward, we live a changed life. Spirit goes with point number three. Jesus baptizes us in the Spirit. So a quick question, is Jesus our example? 
Let's look at this. Did Jesus have these three things in his life? First of all, was Jesus saved? Well, the answer to that, he didn't really need to be saved because he is the one who saves. The Bible refers to salvation as being born again. Jesus did not need to be, quote unquote, born again because he was born right the first time. In other words, we were born sinners, but we were born again, perfect children of God, not by works, but by grace. So we are perfect in our position before God. We are not perfect in our performance, but in our position because we stand before God in Christ. So when we are born again, we are born children of God. So Jesus was born a child of God. Then he was water baptized. Then he was baptized in the spirit. So that tells me that we do need these three things. Now we're going to go through some scriptures here that I have that will go through these three baptisms. The first scripture here, the very last words of Jesus before he ascended into heaven, in Acts 1, 4 through 5, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus had to ascend to the Father before he could pour out the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, verse 37, it says this, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Now watch for all three baptisms. In Acts two thirty-eight, Peter said to them, Repent, that's salvation, and let every one of you be baptized, that's water, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's the Spirit. Now, the gift of the Holy Spirit isn't just the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit and all of the gifts. An example for this is, let's say that, you know, somebody gives you a watch. And when they say, okay, I've got this watch. I'm going to give it to you. I want this to be a gift. This is sentimental in my family. Please protect this and take care of it. But when they get ready to hand you the watch, they only give you the minute hand instead of giving you the complete unit. Well, that kind of reflects back to what we're discussing here about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So many people think that the only gift of the Spirit is tongues. You always associate speaking in tongues with the Holy Spirit, and a lot of people feel like that that's the only gift that there is. But that's only one of the gifts of the Spirit. The gift of the Spirit is the Spirit. Then you get all the rest of it with Him. Remember, Jesus said, wait for the promise. Many people think that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was only gifted to the 120 in the upper room and that was it. But Jesus said, wait for the promise. The promise was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2 verse 39, it says, for the promise, the gift of the Holy Spirit is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. That scripture encompasses all of us. It's not just for the people back then, it's for all of us included. He said, I want you to repent or get saved, get baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Philip is preaching to the people of Samaria, and during this time that he was preaching, let's look at some scripture here and let's watch and see if they get saved, baptized, and filled with the Spirit. 
In Acts chapter 8, verse 12, it says, But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. In Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 17, it says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on him, and they received the Holy Spirit. So did all of you receive Jesus in your heart? If you did, why wouldn't you accept the Holy Spirit in your life to lead, guide, and direct you? To intercede for you to the Father, and to give you a fulfilling walk with God? It is true that when we receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit does come to live inside of us. However, Jesus wants to baptize or anoint us with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 6, it says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to them, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So with all these scriptures that we just read, do you see the pattern? People in the New Testament got saved, they got water baptized, and then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is all through the book of Acts. We were in Acts chapter 1, chapter 8, and chapter 19. We're going to stop this discussion for this week right here, and we'll come back next week and we'll finish this up. Uh, it's probably going to be just a little bit longer here, so I don't want to go too long. Um, we've had some long ones here lately, so we'll try to just keep this one just a little bit shorter. Um, hopefully, uh, if you guys, are, there's a lot of information here, so I hope that you're able to re to get this and to retain it. If you need to go back and listen to this a few times and take some notes, please do so. The Holy Spirit is such a huge, important, integral part of our Christian walk with God, and it's definitely something that you do not want to miss if you're a Christian. You'll never experience anything like it. So thank you for joining me this week as we kicked off this new mini-series about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be going through several different things over the next few weeks. We'll come back next week and finish up part one of our Holy Spirit study, and uh, we'll try to get through this here this next week. So again, visit my website, connectingthegap.net, and there I have lots more podcasts, the blog, and my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel has lots of video and stuff on it from the past, so please check that out as well. You guys have a great blessed week, and I will talk to you next week.